Policeman PC McGarry number four five two Lost dogs, thick fogs, or don't know what to do. Then get the policeman, the big friendly policeman PC McGarry number four five two. They've got the policeman. Hello, welcome to the Not Fall Out podcast edition number two. The sap has risen. Um, welcome. This is our number two. Welcome to Master Rip Pugby, close to landing that role on the On the Buzzies reboot. <laughs> and not welcome to Lady Sage Temple, fifth dimensional baker. And yes, welcome to Wemberton Porker, still Britain's Hello. tallest lottery winner. How are you, Alistair? I'm, I'm doing well and I'm still living off the, uh, the, the wicked proceeds of my lottery win. Very good. He only eats tuna. He only eats tins of tuna. That's all he's got. Just job lot from Costco. Last forever, doesn't it? And with Mitt Negative 3 Hornwrecker, who I don't believe is going to show up tonight, and I am B-Turds, the host. Do you have any spur change? So what we heard first there, Trumptonshire Tunes, PC McGarry, number 452, chosen by our good friend, Alistair Aspinall. Let me just uh, sort of explain a little bit about the uh, BBC documentary, uh, uh, Trumptonshire, that used to be in the 1970s. So this one was it was about the police, like, you know, and it sort of basically tells you what their remit is like. Thick fog, yeah, give him a call. Lost dog, yeah, baby's lost its shoe. Yeah, definitely give him a call. Anything more serious than, than that round there, they call it the fucking military. It's, it's like a bloody fascist junta. Like I said, Freddie Phillips music. Bloody great with Brian Kant's narration. Exactly. First up, we have Brian Jones.
fine stuff indeed that's uh, do rag three numbers from them in fact grease and all then the one in the middle was called oh how that bucket is old and the third was breaking straw this is rectifier <laughs> Right, we heard Raita, which was the master musicians of Jajoka, featuring Brian Jones, Im off the Rolling Stones, Shitmat, theme from the 1998 Morris Dancer Massacre, and Durag with Rectifier. Alistair, what do we need to know about these gems? Ooh, master musicians. Very interesting. It's all like pipes and drums, a bit like the uh, you know, the Scots marching guards. They're uh, trained from like, being about seven or eight into just like playing the one instrument, and there's like, there's loads of them. Loads the musicians played at once uh, which gives it like a really good sort of sound but it's, it's very sort of like mystical stuff but there's some nice kind of like grooves to it and lots of noise which is very important was it shit after that yeah they, that was uh, from the, the full English breakfast um, LP or series of EPs that he put out I was a fan of Peely in fact I think he, he he sat in on a show where he wasn't doing anything he just sort of like was hanging around but yeah they, some of the best gigs I've seen of him was like uh, well seen was some of his early gigs Phil was at one I think it was in Liverpool but it was a, a right good old laugh around uh, about that time then after that do I do I get from appeal session so that's from about 1990 something that's like a bootleg copy that uh, has been put on uh, YouTube that um, Gordon used to play bass in Godzilla put up there like but I, I recorded it at home and it was an amazing session recorded down the phone apparently from Arizona and that, that was early days for that kind of technology I suppose uh, damn good song after uh, do rag split because that was Thermos Marlin and, and Bob Log the third Bob Log done you know several LPs 
degrees of, of, of varying degrees of merit. Yeah, uh, some absolute crackers. Very right. If you're looking for stuff in the red, as is your want, you don't need to look much further than than this. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Phil, anything to chip in on those three? Yeah, I do know the master musicians of Duke. I, I suspect Al's played them to me, but I have actually got a DVD called Destroy All Rational Thought, which is uh, about Burroughs and Brian Geeson. And the master musicians of Duke, they're in it all the way through. So I think they're from Tangiers, aren't they? So yeah, so I've, I've heard quite a bit of their stuff. And it is, I, I think they come from like that Sufi tradition, don't they? Of yeah. being something frowned upon by the religious views. It's seen as something completely fundamental to that connection with God. So it's, I've got a lot of time for them. The shipmates, I won't, I won't relate the Liverpool stories, Al, which were hilarious, but very embarrassing if I were to go into them in any detail. That was... <laughs> Is that the only thing I was going to say about Durags? Is that story true about them in Germany knocking out yeah. the FM radio in Germany? It's printed on the What We Do LP, I think, that little story. If it's not true, I didn't start the rumour, but I'm, I'm well aware of it. So, yeah, I love Durag. I've got a Bob Log with her post up in my front room, which was, uh, I went to a, a gig a few years ago on my birthday, which you're Andrew. Phil, were you at that one as well? I'll actually in Liverpool. Might have been. I remember uh, Andy's got all the footage for it, which I keep threatening to edit and stick it on to YouTube. Maybe we should do that over the summer actually. But yeah, all good stuff. It is indeed. So first up in terms of the game is Pip. You're up and mm -hmm. the song that you're up again, Back in Black by Wing. No, no, that's no, no, no. Putting up against that masterwork, Philip. <laughs> Love that that MIDI programmed riff. It's got no swing to it at all. <laughs> it's just it's rock music. Nails. It's on the rock beat. Right. What have I got up for? Well, <clears throat> I did lots of women there in about these kind of tracks. I just started thinking, what are, what are my favourite bits of music when I got asked yesterday by me? Self-congratulatory, I think. So what I went for was good tunes that I like to dance. Dancing to. Queen by ABBA. Basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Bring it on.
Very nice indeed. There's a very nice track. Beautiful voice, nice gnarly instrumentation. But it is it is it enough? It's Durondo singing I'm Gonna Love You. And I, I've only quite recently come across this chap, but he, he used to open up for James Brown in the 70s. And he, I think he had like a couple of small single hits and uh, he, he recorded a few sessions, but this is off some stuff he recorded in 1974 that only got released a few years ago. Right. I just think he's got a great voice. And I, I shared that clip of him trying to remember the song that set his comeback with Giles Peterson. And he's just got loads of personality. Like, it made me laugh. It's been 10 minutes of him not remembering this song, but it's just really charming. So, yeah, so that's the one I'm going to sling into the competition, which I was actually going to get, I was going to try and get rid of that bloody Chaos AD or something, the, the crappy dance track with the sausage yeah. roll. I, tra- I changed the rules without telling you, didn't I? Yeah. No, that's, random. That's- People jiving about how they have to listen to the list and just, just, just do it random. Alistair, which, what do you think of that track and which one of the two is going through? Yeah, it's a, it's a nice song, isn't it? Like you, you said, so sort of first sort of gnarly kind of instrumentation. It's fairly sort of straight beat, dancing. It reminds me kind of a, a lot of a, a bit of a northern soul kind of groove to it. Nice song. I've heard it on the radio. Won't turn it off. Nice. It, has, but, it has got that northern soul vibe about it, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's yeah. got bass. I know one of your criticisms of Northern Soul, Phil, is always that it's quite tinny and it doesn't have a lot of bottom end, and that that certainly does. It could be the production if it's been remixed or whatever, but um, yeah, it's definitely got a bit more of a soul-y vibe. But, it, but Alistair, the question is, is it going to dislodge Wing from that list or not? Well, they're two very different animals, aren't they? Like, but uh, the, the Wing one just makes me laugh my head off every time I hear it. It's, um, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Uh, if you're going to cover um, a classic, you know, just completely butcher it and she's, she's just she's got a skill for it she's butchered classics left right and centre I think there's a, there's an ABBA EP that she's put out so it's worth checking out there. but yeah it's swing for me nice Philip, I know it's your choice. It's a great track, but do you feel it's enough to dislodge Wing? No, not at all. Foolish going up against uh, such a big hitter like that. It's going to take a giant killer to knock that one out of the list. It is, isn't it? And, and uh, it is a route. Wing stays in.
what we had there is played you Boney M Belfast a comment on the troubles Billy Paul am I black enough for you and Robert Wyatt's cover of Chic At Last I Am Free I really I, I just wanted to play that Boney M song because it's absolutely ridiculous but it's also a, a very funny and very good pop song and so then I went off trying to find like socially conscious disco or funk or but stuff that was as misguided as Boney M's version but um, in the end I went with the Billy Paul's straight down the line on my black enough for you which is very cool I almost played Future Shock Curtis Mayfield which is in a similar vibe and then yeah I guess I snuck Wyatt in there because it's a chic cover from his very left wing um, his Marxist very that album's all like Marxist songs or with a chic cover thrown in the middle of it which is pretty cool I've never heard that funny <laughs> track before no so I was fascinated by that that's uh, I I'm going to have to give that one a good listen because I, I, I do like anything that's got high on cringe fact has some enjoyment for me. So the second one I, I'm not aware of as well, but it was 
I was just a bit bland for me, that really. It's a bit too disco in its production, but not the kind of disco I like. I tell you what came on the other day, which what I was listening to um, some random stuff on Spotify was Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie. And I love, I love that tune. The strings in that tune are, are absolutely brilliant. They're absolutely perfect disco strings. I do like disco music, but that was a little bit too everything, just a bit too close to the centre production-wise, really, for my, for my taste. I'm not really that well favoured Robert Wyatt, but every time I hear his stuff, I think it's amazing. So it's I, I really should do a bit of a deep dive with his stuff. But again, I really liked that. So that's a chic cover that he's doing. Yeah, and the chic one isn't one of the... It's a kind of slow mid-tempo. It's not too dissimilar. His is slower, but theirs is actually quite slow. I was think his version kind of sells it. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, Wyatt's stuff is well worth checking out. Solo and the stuff he did with Matching Mole. He, I've heard um, some decent soft machine stuff. Yeah. Um, the Tim Twa Invisible Disco Stew of Ghostly Peelness is a big Robert Wyatt. He's sent me a few tracks over the years. The, um, the one that features either Cutler, which is the, I think it's called Red Riding Hood or something like that, which um, it is really worth checking out as well because I can't remember what album is on Rock Bottom maybe, but um, yeah, all that stuff's great. And the Billy Paul one, I, I think melodically the break, I really liked it. That's what got me. I mean, it's got the funky organs in there. There's not a lot going on. Um, until that melodic kind of um, bridge comes in, really liked. But, um, yeah, not for everyone. I get that. Alice, did you any of these uh, tickle you? Yeah, I liked them all, really. The uh, Billy Paul one, uh, just uh, a cracking version of it, like a reggae version on it, on one of the uh, soul jazz reggae compilations that they used to put out. But yeah, it's, it's a really good song. It's really, really well written. Top message behind it. it it's, it's good groove. It, the, the Billy Paul version of it, I, I know what you mean, Phil, it's not quite as, I don't know, exciting as it, it, it could be. Like, and that could be the production. But the bones of it, it's, it's a very decent song. Bony M uh, is one of my auntie's favourite bands. You know, she's, she's a bit of Bony M and a bit of Cliff. You know, she's happy. Growing up listening to Bony M, do like and Rasputin's an amazing song. But um, they were put together by the, the same guy that put Millie Vanilli together. German guy, right? Yeah, but it, I, I did not know that Bonnie M song. And I know what you mean. It, I, it would do this at like a cringeworthy, I don't know, it's almost like a spinal tap type of, of, uh, of cringe. I cannot be attracted to that kind of thing. It's just sort of like it sticks out the, like a sore thumb. Belfast, fantastic. I haven't heard that one. Mm-hmm. Rock, Robert Wyatt is a national treasure. What else can you say? I know. Brilliant. Um, hey, in that. <laughs> yeah. Tim Three's thrown in a song into the mix. He's thrown in that Scott Walker Epizootix track. Oh, yeah, he did he's, Scott Walker. It's 10 minutes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but let's have a, have a listen. Pretty recent. Bish Bosch, I think, was his last album, I think. He did that one with Sun O, but I think his last uh, official um, solo album was that one.
Suck the eyebrows climbing into greasy black hairline Narcotic legs yanked down around melanomic ankles Their putrid petals dropping, erasing the white shoe Like a face being eaten by a jungle A twitching and sniffing It is an epic madness in every sense of the word. Let's have a look what it's going up against. Three Minute Rule of Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Scott Walker, Epizootics, up against the three-minute rule by the Beastie Boys. Alistair, what do you think? And very, very different songs, aren't they? Scott Walker one's absolutely beautiful, and it? It's all over the place. I, I do like a song that just doesn't seem to have any kind of boundaries, and they, you know, it's, it's just like going on there everywhere. So it's, it's difficult to go up against something that's just like a, a bit of a nice bit of hip-hop in it. Very of, of its time. It's got a nice groove to it. Very skillful artists were the Beastie Boys. Indeed. Philip? Yeah, so that Scott Walker one I've I've not heard before. There's <laughs> a bit of a butchering of it. But I, I'm gonna go back and, and listen to that track uh and, and give it the time that's that's due it because it's piqued my interest and wet my appetite just with that little little snippet really. Whereas Paul's boutique is just an absolute masterpiece that I'm I'm it's completely opposite for me. I'm I'm so well aware of this. I used to have it on all the time. So I know this track really, really well, and it's it's an, it's another gem off that absolutely brilliant album I, I love the production all the way through like, it's such a creative album all right, so I'm, I'm going to make a proposal I reckon we vote for the Scott Walker one but we get another Beastie Boys track in we just make sure we've got a Beastie Boys track in every time we do this show <laughs> <laughs> if why don't we just add a few rules every time we play the game and that way we can have the most convoluted game by the time we play it makes games know. better doesn't it this isn't one of the standout Beastie Boys tracks for me but I mean better <laughs> Shit, man! <laughs> 
can't fault <laughs> anything about it. Just uh, and the thing about Paul's boutique, particularly the way that they will they'll switch the sample. The beat will stay the same, and the sample different samples will come in under kind of weird noise breaks and everything. It was following on from license to ill is revolutionary in in the way you samples. My understanding is that this is the album that sort of brought the industry a little bit, and the whole copyright claim sampling is it real music? This is the album that sort of broke everybody's three P high and rising by Dela. Soul was was a big one that where they really got hammered on the samples. But that all that era really when when hip hop started getting big and people clocked on that there was a there was a philosophical thing for some people not wanting their stuff to be used and for others it was just like hey I want I want to get paid. I don't know if things have changed by the time um, check your head and things like that. Uh, well, they did it kind of evolved didn't they, into being more sort of like dance bass stuff, sort of like creating a lot of the beats themselves um, it's the Dust Brothers doing the production on that though isn't it yeah this is the one where they kind of made their name it's got the Beatles sampled on it and all sorts it has yeah and, and all that stuff they sampled Zach on the first albums let's not uh, put this off any longer which one are you putting in it's got Walker on which is yeah I was butchered there but he's magical and a lot of really interesting and creepy stuff I think this one is one of his best though. The, the music's great and the ideas are always really great. But again, f- for me, he seems to have this really super varnished production going on. I would love to hear what some of that stuff would have sounded like with someone like Albini producing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit more honest. <laughs> yeah, just in the red. Uh, I don't know. How would you describe an album like Surfer Rosa or Action Park? There seems to be more authenticity in the analog instruments and voices that get recorded. I mean, Albini's thing is he's trying to make you just sound like you're there in the room not not adding anything else which is why he doesn't like that term producer or whatever it's more like an engineer thing right whereas yeah what scott walker even though it's this avant-garde kind of stuff it's um it has a like a pop <laughs> production on it it's a bit like if cliff richard was doing yeah. avant-garde music that's what yeah, did voice, well i i am gonna put i'm gonna put scott on i'm dislodging the beastie boys what about you two yeah, I'm, I'm going with Phil suggesting they bring back another B-Boys tune. Phil time, but as it stands, uh, it's been dislodged and Scott Walker's found his way on there. So now is the next three tracks that Alistair has uh, suggested. So let's have a listen. <laughs> What 
I woke up this morning, sure to see what I had in the bed with me. He jumped up out of bed, pulled his hand down his eye. Looked at me like a guy in Canada that come out on me. He said, he said, So this time we're way off yet. We got all along. Thing was going just right. She jumped out of the car. She put her hand down her eye. She looked at me like a dying box of them down out cheap. She said, she said, she said, Egg meat. Mammy, do you want any errands? Yes, son. Go down to the ironmonger and buy me a pound of egg meat. Egg meat? What's egg meat? Never you mind. Just go and buy it. Here's five shillings and I want the change. All right. Mammy, can I have something? Yes, keep a penny and buy that. Thanks. I'm away. Mammy, I'm back with the egg meat. Have you got the change? Yes. The egg meat was tenpence. Here's four and a penny. Thank you. Now just you go out and play while I deal with the egg meat. What are you going to do with the egg meat, Mammy? Ha <laughs> ha, you silly boy. I'm going to feed it to the eggs. Mammy, what do you mean, feed it to the eggs? That doesn't make sense. Uh, son, I've never told you this, but I've got some eggs here. I keep them in a box. Yes, Mammy, I know. We sometimes have an egg. No, no, son. This is different eggs, and I feed them meat. Mammy, why does the ironmonger sell egg meat? Well, somehow or other he could make it the best, and we just know the people that buy it around here where to buy it from. <laughs> so we talked about this the other week. It was the creepiest thing Cutler ever did. So what we had there is Flossie and the Unicorns chewing gum, Hassel Adkin, she said, and Ivor Cutler, egg meat. Alistair, what do you have to say for yourself? I can only apologise, really, Karna. Flossie and the Unicorns do like uh, Skinkraft Records, uh, one that I got into back in the 90s. Got a bit of a reputation for ordering weird-ass shit at Alan's Records in the process of ordering this one. But yeah, it's a... Uh, I think it's um, Bob Quintron doing the sort of uh, keyboardy stuff, and it's his missus who's a puppeteer doing the uh, the, the voices and the uh, and the puppets as well, because it's uh, a puppet band, which is one of the best kind of bands you can ever have. So yeah, I do love Flossie and the Unicorns, and I think there's two LPs out there. One of them's well, they're both kind of just very much stories that they're telling because they're like little players that they're putting on for, for the kids about things like the landlord's of the devil. You've got to get all the candy in the world to pay for, for your rent uh, or else you've been kicked out. It just, just weird-ass shit like that. Free guitar lessons for animals. Do you like them? Completely nutty. A bit like the residents in the sound. A lot of fun. House Likens. Uh, it's a great little tune. Cramps have probably covered it. But again, it's, it's one that I've known for, for many years and it's uh, uh, some of the lyrics are pretty amusing. She looked at me like a, a dying can of commodity meat <laughs> said woohee cat ha yeah brilliant yeah an egg meat it's um thoroughly disturbing isn't it it certainly is 
it's it's all a bit uh, League of Gents, isn't it? Egg meat, a bit like uh, Apesma, the, uh, the beef out yes. as well. Mm. Yeah, I love cutler. Um, Flossie and the unicorns. I put it on in the car the other day for my daughter, and she was uh, she was made up with um, free guitar lessons for animals. Free guitar lessons for animals. <laughs> no, James I- with your horse. It features my favourite lyric in any song, which is, that's how you play a chord, now go form a band. <laughs> and Hassel, I could, God, I've not heard that for ages. I remember when we started hanging out, Alan, that was one of the first tunes that I heard at yours. That video is amazing. I love that wild sense of complete mayhem that uh, that follows certain acts around. I've you know. never seen the video before, but uh, yeah, it's, it's quite amusing. It looks like they've, they've thrown it together like years after the, the song's been done, like, but it's still amusing. Yeah, totally. It reminded me of all that kind of maximum rock and roll kind of vibe. Vibe, I guess, but uh, bit bit dangerous. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Yeah, a good choices are you put a good, a good list together of uh, raw and wacky kind of stuff. Lots of rabbit holes to go down after this show. Last time we did the show, I think I spent uh, about three weeks watching films by who's that chap that did the Grapes of Death? What's he called? Jean Malone. Yeah, let's watch the few of his. So. Grapes of Death's a cracker, though. It's a great film, and it's it's kind of like the perfect French zombie film, isn't it? If, if they were going to get zombified by something, the wine. Of course it the was wine. the wine. And there's such half-assed zombies. Sometimes they go you, other times they'll just ignore you. And He does with zombies exactly what he does with vampires, which is everything that, you, that you're supposed to, to, to know about vampires. He just twists it all around, it's, which I really yeah. like. Even the zombies have got personalities of Right, so Ezra, he's not here, but he's thrown in a band called Kazajic, I guess. It looks like it's Polish. Let's have a listen to Kapowka.
traded out as this as the sax solo kicks in. It is up against the lovely eggs, magic onion. Kazaish against the lovely eggs. Philip, what do you make of those two tracks? It doesn't matter if you say it right, does it? If you say it, if I'm saying that right. Yeah. I'm trying my best. Hey, well, you're a braver man than I. I'm not even attempting it. It's a bit difficult to tell from a little snippet like that, isn't it? It's only very atmospheric. I've, I, I have to confess, though, I am a bit prejudiced against any kind of sound that featured drips in them, especially if it sounds like that drip is going to be going for about 10 minutes. I don't like dripping. I don't like feeling like I'm going to have to go for a piss. Much like Edgar Allan Poe said, every good short story should be able to be read in one sitting. Lovely eggs, that's it, yeah. Those are, those are our people, aren't they? Crazy, artistic, underground, indie, psychedelic flows through our blood and veins, doesn't it? So, so yeah, I'm going for the egg. Yeah. There's the interesting thing, because they're actually from Lancaster, which is where Ezra's from. Really? They're I thought they were from the other side of the Pennines for some reason. The other band, I just had a quick look, they, they are from Warsaw. It's a Polish kind of band. It's very nice, it's beautiful, and I think as a soundtrack to a kind of arty or European film, it certainly would work well. And again, it doesn't really do it justice to play like just a couple of minutes of it, but... Um, yeah, check it out. All the links will be in the uh, in the notes for the show. So if you're interested in this stuff, jump on that like, playlist or whatever. But yeah, Lovely Eggs, it's, it's just funny and silly. Again, hard to compare two songs that are so different, but... That first piece as well, it's the kind of thing you've got to listen to all the way through to do it justice, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't make a judgment in the first 30 seconds. It's, it's not like when I used to DJ funk music and listen to 10 seconds of a song and think, no, I don't need to bother with that. No, it's a mood and uh, this this show uh, is biased, unfortunately, again uh, towards pop songs. So I mean, once we've been through the training, <laughs> we might be able to do, do a little better. Alistair, what do you reckon? Lovely Eggs is, is a big favourite of yours, right? Yeah, I, I, do, I do like that LP. Uh, this is our nowhere. Yeah, I did, did a lot of fun. I, did, I, I like the way that she uses a Lancastrian Castrian accent. I, I think she plays up on it quite a bit, but to good effect. Yeah, I think Ezra said that he, he knew them. Uh, 
from his days in Lancaster. I think they got something to do with like the Lancaster Collective or something. But in the, in that song in the the Magic Onion one, there's this breakdown where it goes into sort of totally wired with it with the drum beat, and uh, it starts doing some like uh, bits from Eat Yourself Fitter on the uh, with the vocal. Well, if this was a fall podcast, Alistair, I'd go back and play it, but I refuse to. All this week, bands. Not fall. Not fall. Do you know that the word not fall in German means emergency? I do know. Very good. Um, so let's take a vote. Love to say that, don't I? Let's take a vote. Um, <laughs> are you two chaps, are you, are you uh, keeping the eggs or are you putting in kazaj, which I believe is Polish for a moon? Eggs. Eggs. But uh, like I say, we, we didn't give uh, the song that Ezra suggested much of a, a chance, really. Justice uh, has not been served. But anyway, let's move on. Phil, you're up. So, yeah, so I was basically putting on tunes that made me want to dance. And when I used to DJ with a uh, mutual friend, Red Jack, this was uh, one of the tunes that I used to refer to as my big hitters. It's Betty Harris, there's a break in the road.
talking heads until that that break comes in where they're all singing together and it's just so obvious that it's a talking <laughs> head song that's <laughs> brilliant though it's brilliant i haven't heard that version yeah go on tell us what do we need to know about those three when i first got into djing uh, our mutual friend chris taught me how to dj on the break with funk music and we got this this night which was every other friday in london and uh, this little wine bar is happening an angel and um it was when i first started actually having to get my own records instead of borrowing his records to dj with one of the first soul jazz collections that i got was this thing called saturday night fish fry which is amazing it's one of the best collections of that new orleans funk and soul that is that's is, ever been part of it's, it's such a great record and the, my favorite tune on it is this betty harris track there's a break in the road it's in the red al it's uh it's it's got feedback on it it's funky as hell the drums are amazing all the way through and it just sounds like he's smashing through the speaker with every every hit i just love it and i think it's such a raunchy tune as well she delivers it in exactly the right ways and then the next one the professor longhair track is another is off another soul jazz compilation from new orleans type stuff which is is just my favorite i know there's loads of great funk scenes from america but the the New Orleans stuff for me, all that Alan Toussaint type stuff is, I think, is amazing. Lee Darcy as well, another massive fan of his stuff. Um, so yeah, so I I, I, I love that Professor Longer track and the fact that it's got whistling in. I uh, was hoping it was going to curry me some favour with uh, with Mr. Aspinall though. Uh, yeah, and then that final one, Mary Staples. So she was in an act in the early 80s, late 70s, I think, called the Staples Singers. Right, 60s, 70s. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Really so, they, they did Slippery People, but it's a much more disco-y track. I actually saw a version of it yesterday off uh, what was that show that you spun in America where they all sort of danced? Is it Soul Train? Soul Train and there's a few others but that was that was the big one, yeah. Uh, they're doing Slippery People and there's a guy playing guitar with so this whole black guy with grey hair and he's got a really nice slick suit on as well and it looks amazing it's, and they do a great job on it but this version, this live one from London, it's only from a few years ago the guitar performance on it is stunning for an absolute masterclass in funk guitar this guy is brilliant i don't know who it is but it's it's really good the tone is wonderful all the way through and her singing delivery poise confidence and the way that she sort of just lays the vocal down is amazing so it's, it's a live performance i could close my eyes and i'm there i'm just living every second of it and i know it's a cover but it's a great version of a, of a great tune so yeah i love this tune the fellow from the arcade fire i think was involved in in a, as a so jack why did a bunch of stuff with people who were comeback kind of stuff as well but i don't think he is involved in in maybe staples stuff don't know who's playing that guitar but that is pretty gnarly 
and dirty and beautiful. That's a fantastic version. That first track, percussion, and the fact there's feedback going on in, in such a, a soul-oriented song is very unusual. Really dry and tight percussion, kind of great vocal, great melody. I'm just going to say, it really reminds me of a story I've heard about Buddy Guy. When uh, Buddy Guy went into the studio to record some stuff and the engineer refused to put it out because there was so much feedback on the tape. And he said, you know, this is what he was trying to do. And then Jimi Hendrix broke about 12 months later and the engineer phoned up Buddy Guy and apologised and was crying <laughs> down the phone. It makes sense. As, um, and have you ever seen that series that Derek Bailey did for Channel 4 about improvisation in music? And he goes all over the world in different places and talks to improvisers. And he goes to see Buddy Guy, I think, in Chicago and just watching him on stage, just wild, wild yeah. improvisation blues, like really raw, fantastic. I don't really yeah. series, that you, I think it's on YouTube maybe, but it's well worth a watch. And he just ties in disparate strands of improvisation from all over the world and talks about like how they cross over, whether, you know, your favourite John Zorn's in there. And I don't, I don't know. It, was, no, it, was, it wasn't you, it was, it was Ezra who said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alistair, what do you make of them three tracks? Oh, the good ones, aren't they? Uh, I recognise the first two from DJing with Phil, so he clearly, clearly didn't change his uh, DJing uh, set lists much between London and Manchester. The first one with the all the feedback, and yeah, that, that's just brilliant. There's some really, really heavy beats as well. Like you know, it's just the way the drums have been recorded and the the mix of them. absolutely fantastic. And the Professor Longer, uh, nice whistles. Did it was spotted Phil, so <laughs> you, you know, you know, you know, way to tick boxes for me. But again, there's another sort of like nice drum sound on there. Again, I didn't heard the the maybe staples one before but yeah i do kind of like uh staple singer stuff uh, stuff that they put out on stacks back in the day uh, some of that is absolutely fantastic so yeah three very good songs philip well done professor longer one didn't quite do as, as much for me not if i compare it to some of that that new orleans stuff like the meat it wasn't quite as uh, funky or jumping out of him is very nice track a bit lighter so what have we got up next um yeah, this is Alistair's track for the game. Terminal Cheesecake, Hello Skinny. Cover through. Just a love song. It's a resident song. Ah, hi, hi. against C'est la vie by Les Enfants Terribles, which just got on the list in the last episode, I believe. 
oiseau trois coups d'un Bravo à petit bébé trois gouttes d'un Il est Mais c'est parfait à bim 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 trois gouttes bim bim de miel à bim 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 chagrin trois gouttes bim bim de vin j'y peux rien c'est la vie So there we have terminal cheesecake. Hello, skinny. Up against C'est la vie by l'enfance terrible. Now, Alistair, what do you reckon? I like the bottle surface, son. <laughs> I like the, uh, the terminal cheesecake, so it'll sound a little bit like Alistair, the bottle. Alistair, are you turning into Professor Yaffle from Bagpuss? Uh, I think that process happened a while ago. Uh, yeah, the British bands, they're still going like, but they sound a hell of a lot different. But the same that they had for the uh, Angels and Pigtails LP. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, 1990, I think, it came out. But yeah, really nice, rough-ass recording of uh, uh, a resident song, Hello Skinny. Um, and Cella V, Infants, Terrible. It's nice, but it, it just goes into that brotherhood of man bit that I'm not that keen on. <laughs> That's fair. But you and I differ, Alistair. So I know you're a fan. I remember that Cella V last time round and it, it stormed its way onto the list and I was listening back and I thought oh it's pleasant but then yeah those beautiful melodies and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger it's a it's a, it's a gem yeah the terminal cheesecake is nice like proper sludgy riffy stuff and uh, turning it right up if Ezra was here I know which way he'd be going on this because he doesn't know the riff but he loves the riff <laughs> that's what he told us last week uh, we miss him we hope that one day he can be resurrected from the post internet death that he's slumbering in right now Philip what about these two I don't know how much resident stuff they're not a band that I'm, I'm particularly off fair with um, and I've I've certainly not heard that track before, but I, I really liked what I heard. The the recording sounds really good, and the uh, the riffing the riffing was great. But I, I I'm a real sucker for that Silla V track. I really am. I'm gonna go for that one. I think. So Silla V stays. It sees off threat from Terminal Cheesecake, and let's have a listen to Ezra's three. <laughs>
sonapon, dark sonapon, very pretty swimming round. The lion and the unicorn journey very far. The answers are the questions, sir. The lady soothes the lion's fur. Meek as a lamb, he follows her wherever angels are. Sing me something. It would not say, but only cracked or moved away. I thought I knew. Certainly an eclectic mix, though. We had shit and shine. Yeah, I'm on acid. Mouth breeze about the Jesus lizard and ducks on a pond by the incredible string band. Alistair, anything to say? Yeah, well, nice songs, aren't they? Um, shit and shine. Are they something to do with the bottle surface? I don't know. I think that uh, I've seen a few of those. I think they're kind of a, a sampling kind of thing. So they do a lot of video sampling and stuff, I think. Don't quote me on that. I, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got the odd bit of vinyl by them. In fact, so all three of these have, have got like, stuff by on vinyl or they the actual thing that uh, Ezra's suggesting like uh, so I do like them all I mean um, Jesus Lizard uh, from the Girls LP brilliant Dwayne Denniston's guitar playing like the sound they're getting the best I think it's an Albini recording uh, um, Wire as well uh, which is an absolutely fantastic LP which I think I prefer to go to tell the truth they're, they're both really really good LPs from the sort of early 90s and the incredible string band I think there's better songs on the LP but it's, it's still a, a lovely song and there's whistling in it it's a long one it's uh, it's a wee time and the big huge was released as a double I mean as silly and fair as you can get you sing about the, how they, uh, he talks to the ice and he talks to the sun if hey nonny nonny folk annoys you in any way this is going to really irk you it's beautiful love it love the string band and this is those early f- second third and fourth album layers of the onion and, and hangman's beautiful daughter it's a mouth breather i was watching that slint documentary last year for the drummer from from slint <laughs> flooded Steve Albini's house <laughs> and that's where Albini said to Jesus Lizard David Yorweb said like he's a nice guy but he's a mouth breather I, I an idiot and so uh, apparently that's the story of that song um, great and the shit and shine it's splendid and that's sampling that heavy metal parking lot video that just videoing people in a parking lot of a Van Halen concert talking about how drunk they are great choices too bad uh, he's not here to, to get all of this these good vibes Philip, what do you make of those three? The Shit and Shine one, he's, he's shared a few times, I think, before on the um, Bunker chat. When, um, I, I shared a track by Books, I think it was, the um, one with all the golfing video in it. I didn't know that, which is great. I, I really like it when uh, video and music come together like that, and it's equal sort of love and passion and skill and talent. He's, he's put into both elements of it rather than it just being one slapped on top of the other. I do really like that, although 
why I think there's there's stuff that's been better done than that, but it encapsulates that whole teenage freedom sort of vibe so well, doesn't it? Cool. Really, really, really love the Jesus and track. It's it's amazing. And I've been giving them a bit of a re-listen over the last few months as they've uh, regularly popped up on the other podcasts. So that's all good. And I, I'm not as familiar with this album. I know Hangman's Beautiful Daughter. I've listened to that a few times. So, but that's the only one I think by these that I, that I like. But I do like that. And I, I, I like what I heard of this. So it's I'll, I will check out the other stuff. How many albums did they do? They did about nine or ten in the end. But once really? you get... So the first one's very forky, but then Hangman and uh, 5,000 Spirits and, and uh, We Tam and the Big Huge is usually cited as the kind of like prime for this stuff. Uh, but even the few after that, they did um, Changing Horses and they did all these multimedia kind of like weird and wacky kind of stuff. And then they joined Scient- Scientology and it kind of went a little bit uh, weird. The, at one point, here's the weird thing, but at one point, apparently like 70% of the offices in London had, uh, had been recruited by the Incredible String Band, the Scientology offices. Um, and um, Neil Gaiman's dad was a press officer at the time. So he was like... Uh, it was an all-star thing. No, great band and well worth a listen to those three or four albums in that era. Well, we're going for the running now. I'm going to throw in my song that I that I brought along to the last showdown. It ain't all good.
cigarette qu'il garde à son chemin à cause des, des bouchons. Alrighty, so we had uh, the uh, MJ Cole remix of All Good by De La Soul up against uh, Ida Tropta by Etron Fou Le, Le Loup Blanc. I'm not a huge fan of house or even uh, what we call, I guess, two-step or UK garage, but the, the odd one will stick with me. And I like that kind of sliding sounds going in the background and kind of a unique mix of kind of samples going on. Nice uh, beat on that uh, MJ Cole remix. It kind of it tickled me a little bit, but I love that Etron Fou. Etron Fou Le Boublan. It's um, madness. It's, um, I don't know, does it have a connection to Henry Cow? But it's definitely in that same kind of slap happy um, kitchen sink. It'll be now we put this. Is that right? Good work. It's <coughs> splendid. What do you reckon to uh, those two and which ones? going on the list for me didn't know the mj cole one had a very nice chorus i thought you know um the first bit of it was hard work the beat just didn't really seem to do much for me a bit too kind of like static yeah that's one food it's very kind of like beef arty um i love the the, the drumming and the angry french vocals beautiful and the, the other guitar kind of like very angular but it's, it's a very in your face kind of song yeah love that's one food the lewd blam that's it's great great choice what about you phil so yeah i'm sympathetic to what i was saying about the the housey track I, I, I do like house it just needs to be a bit more busy the production on it i think for me there was a couple of nice breaks on it but it didn't really do anything else apart from that <clears throat> yeah etron Fou were a bit of a mystery to me because it, it it's like they tick all my boxes the french they're weird they do sort of gnarly guitar avant-garde music what's not to like but they never seem to kind of gel with me really etron Fou. it's there's, there's something about the tracks that i just i never seem to quite get into them there's bits that i always like about it. but overall it's it's not stuff that i choose to put on really so i'm uh I, i'm in a bit of a conundrum with these two i think the atron food track's probably gonna tip it for me though. yeah same with me if it's just these two songs the atron food one it is better but it, when i'm in the right mood i just need that kind of beat on a kind of a nice tight snare and uh, uh but there was some interesting stuff going on but yeah i don't think it can compete with the ida troptar that's a gem all right so i think we're done there we've got i've got i was going to play a couple more to see us out from Al's list. I 
If you haven't got bananas, don't be blue. Peanuts in a little bag are calling you. Don't waste them, no tummy aches. You'll lose them when you awake.
Oh, yeah. 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 Oh,